G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Your kingdom come, that's the what. But how? How can your kingdom be done? Hi and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Today we'll continue Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done as part of our Lord's Prayer series. When we pursue the Kingdom of Heaven, when we do God's will on earth, our lives will start to look very different. I've got to know that whatever I'm doing and that whatever you're doing, we're making the Kingdom of God a reality in the earth. I can't change the world, but I can change my territory. We can change our territory and the boundaries that God has given us. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom of God becoming a reality on the earth. Now, who in the room does not look forward to that day coming? But here's where it gets confusing. Because when Jesus comes on the scene and he starts talking about the kingdom of God, he talks about like it's in the present, like it's not something that we're waiting for, like it's in the here and now. He uses present tense language. He says, you're not waiting for the kingdom of God to touch the earth in some future kingdom. It's here right now in the present. It all starts in Mark chapter 1. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to know that when Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, he's saying it's available now, it's possible now in ways that you never hoped for, in ways that you never dreamed of. The kingdom of God can be a reality right now. Heaven can touch the earth. And just to make sure that people didn't misunderstand, to make sure they didn't think, well, maybe Jesus got it wrong here. Maybe he just wasn't thinking. He takes opportune times to say it again and again, especially after miracles, when heaven does touch the earth. In Matthew chapter 12, but if I drive out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Kingdom power is here now. Heaven is touching the earth now. You don't have to wait for the kingdom of God to come to heaven, to overcome evil, or to come to the earth, to overcome evil, to set things right, for heaven to touch the earth. There is a way right now in which heaven can touch the earth. The kingdom of God can become a reality right now. Now here's what happened. When people in Jesus' day started to really understand this, and it wasn't that many of them. And as we read through early church history, you know what we discover? When people, when it finally clicked and they said, oh, oh my goodness, Uh, Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is in the heart and mind of every believer. And the reality of that kingdom takes place in every life that is indwelled and filled with the power of God through the Holy Spirit. You know what they were willing to do? They were willing to sacrifice their homes, their jobs, their citizenship, everything. They were willing to live and die 
And they laughed about it. They wept about it. They rejoiced about that they could give up these things just so that they could be part of bringing the kingdom of God and making it a reality on the earth. They were willing to do absolutely anything. That's the beautiful part about the Lord's prayer. Remember what we said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we learned, stay with me, we learned that prayer is not about you going to God and begging God to the point that he gives you what you think you need. But prayer is that activity whereby God uses that time or opportunity that you are quiet before him to line your will up with his, that you can discover his will and then stand up and go out and get it done. And in the same way that Jesus did the same thing in the garden, although it was extremely difficult, he stood up, the angels of God strengthened him, and he did what God asked him to do, and heaven came to the earth. As a matter of fact, in Greek and Hebrew, we have this thing called parallelism. It's where when we read a passage of scripture, often the writer, whether in Hebrew or Greek or even Aramaic, will take a thought and will put two thoughts side by side. They do that so that the first thought is the what And the second thought is the how, or that the second thought explains the first thought. This Lord's prayer is written in that style, especially when Jesus comes to say, your kingdom come, that's the what, but how, how can your kingdom be done? How can your kingdom come when you and I start doing the will of God on the earth because it's already done in heaven? The kingdom of God comes now. When you and I do what God asks us to do, John Ortberg put it this way, in human history, one life has already been lived on this earth in the flesh in which God's will had unhindered sway. Jesus bore in his own person, in his own flesh and blood, the reality of the kingdom of God. And everybody saw a life lived in the reality of God, a life in which whatever God desired is what was chosen. Do you you hear what's happening here? There was one who did the will of God, who said, okay, God, not my will, but yours be done. Your response, God, not my will and whom I will marry, not my will in the job that I will get, not my will in my finances, not my will in my family, your will be done. And the one who chooses to do that makes it possible for the kingdom of God to become a reality on this earth. Now, I want you to stay with me. Look up, put your Bible, your note sheet down, you filled it in. You're happy. (laughs) Now, I want you to listen carefully. The statistics, if they're right, I'm beyond halfway to death. That's if everything works out well and I don't get a disease and an earthquake doesn't take me out. (laughs) That's if everything goes perfectly. I'm over halfway to death. I don't have a lot of time left, comparatively. And I just want to say to you that I cannot play church anymore. I cannot do it anymore. I cannot come into this place and sing my little songs and bring my little messages, knowing that when I lay my head on the pillow at night, that I or we are not making a huge impact in this city. I cannot live to just build my own little kingdom. When the elders interviewed me, when I sat across the table, I told them, if you're looking for somebody who's going to build a huge edifice, you got the wrong guy. 
But if you want somebody who wants to live and breathe and build the kingdom of God, rather than expecting everybody to come in here to us, that we go out to them, then you've got your man. I cannot live a life anymore where church is just a game. I've got to know that whatever I'm doing and that whatever you're doing, we're making the kingdom of God a reality in the earth. I can't change the world, but I can change my territory. We can change our territory and the boundaries that God has given us in Covina and Azusa and San Dimas. And I started thinking, what am I doing to bring them? What are we doing really? Are we just playing or are we serious? And I thought about the little girl that when we left Zimbabwe, I'm going into the truck to leave the Mondoro village. And she pulls on my arm and I turn around and she says, thank you for coming, Pastor Jeff. But please, please don't, 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 don't forget us. Please help us. And I wonder, wonder what we could do. Is it possible that a place like San Dimas could change a whole country? And then I remember World Vision calling me up in Atlanta and saying, let's meet. And we met and they said, Jeff, do you realize all we need is one church to partner with us? One church and we could dig wells and give them pure, clean drinking water. We could teach them how to grow their own crops. We could teach them crop rotation. We could do holistic ministries. And then for Chizanga, the man I trained to take my position in Zimbabwe, said, Jeff, do you know what? For $500 a month, we could feed every child in this village. They could go to school. We could give them pure drinking water. We could put a chapel right here on the village and hire a pastor. And they could get to know Jesus even more than they do now. And we could save their lives. I started thinking, is it like Esther? Where I'm here is such a time as this. For the connections that we have and the work we could do in Zimbabwe in changing the lives. We could change the whole country. Folks, it's so small. We could literally change it within 10 years. One village at a time. One village. But I started thinking about that. I thought, man, that would be good. What a great vision that would be. And then I started thinking, wait a minute. Would it be right that we go thousands and thousands of miles away when there are people hurting desperately in our own community? Would it be right? And I'm a missionary. I can say this. Would it be right to go there and neglect Do you know how many kids are hurting right here? Do you know how many single moms there are working two jobs trying to feed their kids and the California courts aren't very nice to them and they're trying to work two jobs. They're trying to pick up their kids after school. They're trying to feed them. They're trying to go to the second job and they can't make it. And you know how many moms I've prayed with back here? They start shaking, literally going in. It looks like convulsions because they're afraid they're going to be homeless and put out on the street because they can't pay the bills. You asked me to search and I've been searching. Let me tell you what I found. There's desperate need in our community for children who feel unloved and uncared for, whose father is absent. He's gone now and he's moved on to the next woman and he's creating more children. And these moms are hurting. What if, just what if, if we could dream just a minute, what if we could do an after-school program in every elementary and junior high school in our territory? 
That we told that mom, you bring your child. And after that child's finished at school, Christ Church of the Valley moves in. It's going to be the best two hours in the day of your child. We're going to tutor them. We're going to teach them. We're going to help them with their homework. We're going to coach them. We're going to give them life skills. We're going to take them onto the athletic field. We're going to teach them a musical instrument. We're going to preach the word to them. We're going to teach them about God and his love. And when we're done, we're going to feed them. And then when you get there to collect them, we're going to give you your meal for the evening so that when you get home, you just have to relax, catch your breath, and spend time with your children. What about, what if, what if we lived for that? And what if we got really courageous? What if we got really bold and we said, what big, hairy, audacious goal are we going to go after? And what if we decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create a helping hands ministry. We're going to go to a warehouse and we're going to get every one of you to bring the clothes you know you're never going to wear again. You're going to bring them all to us. And you're going to bring us washers and dryers and microwaves and cars. All the things you've given up on that you want to throw out for junk. And then I'm going to go find the mechanics in this church. I'm going to go find the plumbers. I want to go find those who can go over to a single mom's home that has fallen apart, that's old and dilapidated. And I want that builder to go in and restore her home all because he loves Jesus. All because he wants to show love of Christ Church of the Valley to our community. There are single moms in this room right now. Here's what they're doing. Yeah, right. Don't get my hopes up, Jeff. Don't tell me we're going to do that and then not deliver. I'm telling you, what if we dreamed that way? What if we could make that a reality? That whatever a mom needed, she could find. Help restoring her house, a plumber, an electrician. She needs a car. We just happen to have one. It doesn't look great, but it runs. It's working. Here you go. What would that mean? This is Today with Jeff Vines. We're listening to Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. And what can happen when we put God's will first in our lives and not our will. Let me tell you something. When I went back to Zimbabwe, I went back to the old church that I started and preached at, Greencroft Christian Church. They announced to the congregation again that I was coming in the city of Harare, but I wasn't sure who I would see because the average lifespan is 33 years old. So most of the people would be dead that I knew, either of hunger, disease, or AIDS. I walked into the church building, they marched me to the front, and I turned around and I started to look. And I realized how ignorant I was when I was younger. Because every day in Zimbabwe, right there in Harare, my precious little wife would have this little meeting on the veranda of our old farmhouse, and all these little schoolgirls would come running through the gate because Auntie Robin was going to give them Kool-Aid from America and teach them to make a craft and maybe bake some cookies. And I used to wonder, I wonder why we do that. I mean, the girls, they can, why do, why do we do that, Robin? And she would say, you don't know what you're asking. Now, I want you to imagine going back now, 15 years later, and I walk into that church building. Would you like to know who's leading worship and who's teaching the Sunday school classes and who are passing out the communion and the offering and who's doing the speaking? those little kids that were getting Kool-Aid and cookies on the front porch of my home. You go out into this community and you save the children and you rescue them, you better believe when they get older, they're going to remember who cared about them, who helped their mommy, who gave them what they needed, and you'll raise the next generation of Christians and Christian leaders. You know, what if we really got 
really audacious and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start the first medical center of its kind. We're going to start a free medical center. We're going to find all the doctors and the nurses and the orderlies in our community that will give one hour a week to a free medical clinic so mothers can bring their children and get medical care when they can't afford the enormity and atrocity of the medical expenses in this country. What if we just kept dreaming and dreaming and let God kept providing? Look, I've preached this sermon three times now. After every service, I've been swamped at the back by people who said, hey, here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. Here's what I want to do. Or our organization already does this. So rather than reinventing the wheel, let's partner together. <laughs> Folks, do you know Barna says that if a child does not make his decision for Christ before he's 12, chances are he probably won't. We're saved. We, can, we, we have an opportunity. Maybe, maybe we save an entire generation of our territory in every elementary school, in every junior high school. And you know what? I read on my study break, here's what I discovered. College students, university age people are leaving the church. Do you know why? Not because they don't believe in Jesus. No, it's not an issue of apologetics. It's an issue of apologetics with a touch. They're sick and tired of the church preaching this great message about loving people and then they don't even get involved in the social ills of their community. So college and university students are tired of that. They say, you're not going to fool us. You might have fooled our parents. We're out of here. So I got a plan. What if we gathered up these college and university students and said, okay, it's time for you to put up or shut up. We're going to teach and train you to be mentors to these children in our community. Big brothers, big sisters. You're going to pour your life into them and give them basic skills. And that's how you can get involved in the social ills of our community. And what if we sent them to Africa? What if we talk to the businesses and we help them raise their money and they raise money and we sent them into Zimbabwe to build schools and to paint buildings and to love on little children and to bring them clothes and food? What if that was our vision? What could we do but change a community? And our church and next generation leaders would all be just preparing the way. Maybe this didn't start with me. Maybe somebody that was a lot smarter had something to say about this in James chapter 1 verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I just cannot do it anymore. I can't live my life the way I've lived it in the past. I cannot just live my life to try to create some kingdom. Do you hear my voice on that? Do you hear my heart? I am not about building a big kingdom. I just want to build the kingdom of God. And we need to realize that the best way we can do that is take the kingdom of God there into the community and change it. And if we're willing to do that and stop being so internally focused of how we want to say we're the biggest church in Southern California. Look at us. I just don't care about that. So know that now what I care about, what I want to motivate you to care about is out there people out there who need us. And if God decides to send them all to our church, fine, we'll find the space for them. But that's not my primary motivation because I want to love them and help them whether they ever come to this church. Because just it's the right thing to do. And I want to put my head on the pillow at night knowing that I did what God asked me to do. And when I die, that I can hold my head high and say, God, I live for your kingdom to bring it on the earth 
Please, God, make it continue. I need your prayer. I need your help as we continue to try to solidify this vision. If you're a young person in this room, listen to me. I want you to know that Christ Church of the Valley is going to do more than talk the talk. I know what you're thinking. I know you're going to wait and see. I know how your mind works. That's okay. But give us a chance, okay? Give us a chance. Let us show you that this religion, this faith rather, that we have in Jesus is changed the way we want to live our lives. Will you give us a chance before you give up on the church? God, help us as adults to be true to the vision God established from the very beginning. That the kingdom of God will become a reality on this earth through the hearts and the minds and decisions of his people. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this church, for your people. Father, grant us the wisdom of your vision. Lead us and guide us into that which you want us to accomplish. Help us to be willing to go into our community and bring Jesus into it. To bring his love and his purpose. And to do it from the motivation because you love people and it's what you want us to do. It's what motivates and excites you when we get involved in the lives of your people. Father, I pray right now as we enter into this time that you would guide us even here as we do it together that we would contemplate your will for our lives and for our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That's the end of Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. Please join us next time for a new message in our Lord's Prayer series. He says, lead us when you pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Folks, the evil one knows exactly what it will take to bring you down. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 